0: all right hello and welcome to the theology gaming podcast i am zachary oliver the owner and proprietor of the theology gaming blog and with me i have four special guests we have returning guest m joshua caller hi how are you doing
1: hello and welcome
0: <laughs> we have the uh sometimes returning sometimes not guest joe mazzalia hello my partner in crime i'm, I'm still figuring this stuff out uh and in addition we have two other special guests we have patrick gann who has written for lots of different publications over the years hello patrick gann the student has become the teacher (laughs) yes and pat runs his own podcast the jurassic hour on gameosaurus so please check that out if you wish (laughs) recommended and we have one final guest who is probably not going to be a regular contributor or anything, but he likes Mega Man a whole lot. My brother, Alex Oliver.
2: How are uh, you? Hello, and I'm probably the only one being uh, paid a handsome sum <laughs> by the proprietor of Theology Gaming to be on the podcast, so.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, he's a self-proclaimed expert. I figured I'd find him. You know, he was on the street, and I figured it would be okay. He needed a little extra cash. So, I think we're just going to jump right into this. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on Mega Man Two? Uh,
2: I think it's a good game. <laughs> uh, uh, that's and that's one thought. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have another one.
1: Uh,
0: well, it will
2: come to me. Uh,
0: okay, I guess I'll just start off. Uh, I think. Yeah, Meg... tell us.
2: Tell us what you think. I'll tell you what I think. It was
0: a good misdirect, though. Very good. Um... <laughs> I think Mega Man Two is an excellent game as a gigantic article on theology gaming might attest uh but I do think it has value in showing us the bare bones mechanics of a challenging game, so Mega Man levels are designed around basically a central concept of okay, we're gonna teach the player how to play the game without uh you know a giant tutorial box appearing in the middle of nowhere, you know, or let's say something just jumps out and kills you for no reason. So it's kind of, you want to say it's not really memorization, but there are parts of it that require memorizing the tactics you use to get over particular obstacles. So let's say, you know, in Woodman's stage, there's the giant robots that shoot fire, the dogs, and they do this swirling motion, right? And so the first instance you encounter them, it shows you, how to dodge it without necessarily putting you in any real danger, right? So you can get on that one platform and just jump up and down. Shoot, 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 right? But the next one, you're in mortal danger. But they've already showed you how to get out of that obstacle. So it's up to the player to implement the skills they learned. So basically, Mega Man teaches you how to play the game as you go along. And then eventually, as you're playing the game, you basically become a master at it because they start combining all these disparate elements that they introduce to the first eight levels and then Wiley just basically shows you all of these things in sequence like use this use that use item one use this boss weakness etc 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 so it's basically a game of uh learning and failing but it's a lot less harsh than many games of its type so those are just my initial thoughts anyone have anything to add
1: <laughs> yeah i i would i would add one thing um it's hard <laughs> i uh i'm actually did, playing you, it did right you play it on because... difficult yes. did you yeah. play it on difficult well i'm I'm currently playing uh right now I'm actually playing it while I'm talking to you guys, and hopefully I can sort of do two things at one time <laughs>
2: you um, before, though
1: um yeah i played uh, last time I played it though was was like I said earlier before we started recording was twenty years ago so um
2: <laughs> oh, you've been I'm around not... a long time <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so it, it's it's definitely a lot harder than I remember but I'm also playing the rockman version for the first time so Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm currently playing the the PS1 version that was released on PS3. Um Oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah, too so. much
0: different from the other ones. So, other than music possibly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the music didn't seem entirely familiar. It seemed nostalgic but not entirely familiar with what I what I knew. But um Yeah, I would say like um it it's still a little different from what I remember. Um but most notably the fact that I suck at it. Like that's the... <laughs> That's the thing that stands out the most. Um, wow.
3: to... you and me both, dude.
2: <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> Joe, I, I wouldn't have expected that.
3: I didn't think it would be that way. Um I love Mega Man. I've loved Mega Man ever since I was little. Uh, Mega Man X is
1: probably my favorite game of all time. And uh yeah, I'm god awful at this game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what happened, everyone? Now Joe, are you thinking just... are you playing Rockman or are you playing are you just playing Mega Man two on difficult? I'm just playing it on difficult. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's like like you said, Zach. That's like the same thing, right?
0: Yeah, it's the standard difficulty setting for the Japanese version. So, okay, yeah, there is no normal version in anything outside of the U.S. So, can I just say right now that Airman can just go out the window?
2: (laughs) Now, I want to I want to tell everyone something. I did beat Airman last week. when When yeah, I played it last Friday. I did beat him using only the Mega Buster, and I entered the room. At half health.
0: <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> I was there.
2: Wow. On difficult. There is a trick.
0: Yeah, which basically consists of standing next to the There, wall. there is a
2: trick. Oh, well, at least there's a trick and I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. They're learned skills. <laughs> Otherwise, you should have the, uh, the wood shield, the leaf, the leaf shield. Leaf shield. Is it wood shield? or No, it's, I think it is wood shield. It's uh, tree something. Tree shield leaf wood
0: it has to be named after the robot master i think right wood shield wood shield yeah
2: mm-hmm. w <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> all right
2: pat. so one, once you have the wood shield i don't think you of all people would have a problem
3: <laughs> it's entirely possible <laughs> yeah i know right
0: pat
4: you got w shield <laughs>
0: Pat, what do you think of the game? Get it quick.
4: It's uh, well, it's one of the, it's one of the best games of all time. I mean, it's it is. It was probably groundbreaking for the time, but more importantly, it lays a foundation for for decades worth of um, 2D platforming. It's it's one of the best few games have really surpassed it. I think one of the few that did was, as Joe said, Mega Man X. And I don't know if you saw that link or I didn't even post the link, but I mentioned the Ego Raptor video on, um, sequels. I love it. I love yeah, it. I think that is, that is one of the most eye-opening and, um, and, and carefully drawn out statements about what video games are at their best versus what they are today. <laughs>
1: um, Pat, could you give me a little bit of uh, detail on what that's, what he said in that? Cause I didn't get to see it.
4: Um, You learn without your hands being, or without any hand holding. You learn without any tutorials. You just you like you experience it, and they go they go through the intro stage of Mega Man X for like the first ten minutes of the video, and it's amazing. The intro stage teaches you like all this stuff, and you never have to break open an instruction booklet and. But Roll never has to show up and go, Mega Man, Mega Man.
2: Isn't that just synonymous with being a difficult game? No. That there's Absolutely not. Not the way What is the difference? The,
4: well, the, there are a, a couple of differences. Um, one is that what you need to do or what you can do becomes obvious. For example, how do they teach you the fact that you can and will need to wall jump? They just... You, you blow up a big enemy, and the floor drops, and you have nowhere to go, and the first thing you do is run right. That's your natural instinct. You run into the wall, but you see, hey, I'm sort of sliding down the wall, and then you try hitting some buttons as you're sliding down the wall. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm hopping off the wall. All of that happens without any window popping up and saying, hey, you can wall jump at this point. like It's just like you're expected to figure it out. And you ain't going anywhere till you figure it out, but it it's gonna take you all of three seconds to figure it out. And I mean, they literally position everything perfectly so that you're gonna figure it out. And the way he explains it, it's it's exactly as we've all universally experienced it when we were, you know, ten year olds playing this game on SNES.
0: Well, but what about you don't Mega Man realize 2, what's
4: though? so great about that design. I'm sorry, go ahead. What
0: about Mega Man Two though? I mean, Mega well, Man Two just plopped you onto the robot massive screen and then says choose right there's no direction you just kind of have to wing it
4: right there is there is no such thing as an intro stage for the the nes series of mega man games and
0: that's fine and that's why they're better <laughs> well maybe in my opinion but
4: uh <laughs> i don't know that that they're necessarily better I, I there are lots of things that i appreciate about mega man x i like the the, the upgrades, the hidden upgrades found throughout the, the levels, those are really um, interesting and useful um, as a way of making the game uh, have a, a longer lifespan like in your own brain. Uh, Mega Man 2 is just the, I guess it would just be the eight Robot Master's guns and then, what is it, one, two, and three, the different ways to hop around. Hmm. And And I I, don't get me wrong. That's really all that game needs. It's, I mean, it's it's a perfect set of stuff. And um, it's not like the game is without its flaws. I would say that.
2: um, Oh, you think the game is flawed?
4: I think the game has its flaws. (laughs) It has a
2: flaw. What is the flaw? What could the flaw? (laughs) What could the flaw be?
4: I would say there's some inconsistency in, in in. Level design and, and the cleverness and the, the, the teachable moments that happen across levels. Some levels okay. are just better designed than others. I think Crash Man is a little weak. Um, it's a little oh, lost. Yes. It's very, um, very weak. Hmm. Uh, and, that, and I don't have a problem per se with vertical levels, though I think, again, if you go back to Ego Raptor's video, he talks about Elect Man from, from Mega Man 1 and how that was a vertical level and it, it didn't work very well. Crash Man's a little better, but that that ladder-heavy sequence where it's like four screens up of ladders, um, that that can be that tries my patience more hmm. than like almost any other part of that game.
0: I like that stage, and I'll you know t- I
4: love the music to yeah. that stage, and I love the I love the visuals. I love how it just gets dark and and simple um, after all the like like, earlier in that level, where it's sort of been crazy. Like, you go up the ladder, and now it's just, like, a bird flies by and poops an egg on you.
2: Um, <laughs> but isn't I needed those birds. But isn't going up the ladder, those four screens, I think there are four, That that's the most technically challenging uh, part of the level, especially if you go up the left-hand side. So, I mean, aren't they just throwing you into a situation where you have to figure out with whatever resources you have walking into that level, how you can best negotiate it and uh, get to the end in some decent condition in <laughs> terms dying. of help without from having a, lost from a all design your perspective, all I your do, lives.
4: I do think the, the learning curve there doesn't exist. It just goes, it, I think there's, there's a bit of cheap hard in there.
2: There's,
0: hmm.
4: but that's can, just
2: taking your, your idea of the not no tutorial and jumping into the deep end to the extreme. In... Uh, you know what?
0: I actually think that that whole sequence actually promotes using the weapons outside of the context of just as boss weaknesses, right? So if you go into that stage with Metal Blade, right, it's almost a cakewalk because you could just shoot upwards, right? So it's actually kind of teaching you how to use different techniques and different weapons within Unless the context you play of play that
4: level first.
0: Well, assuming so. But other weapons also work in the same way. Yeah. So it's possible that you could or you just you run up the you. ladder or you could do that too. time it. Well, take the hits, right?
4: <laughs> you have to take the hits. I don't think there is a non weapon way of avoiding every hit. I, uh, someone, someone show me the run where it happens without tool assists and I'll shut up. But <laughs> I mean, you fall. And when you fall, you really fall. And, uh, that's a lot worse than your horizontal stages where it's like, if I die, it's it's either a pit death or I lost all my life. But when you don't send me back four screens or even one screen, you mm-hmm. just when I'm moving left to right, I am progressing uh, and I may be taking hits along the way, but I'm still moving. But that ladder, man, you can you can go.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a fitting punishment for not having the right way to negotiate the level. <laughs> well, that's,
4: well, that's the difference between vertical and horizontal pro- progression in 2D platformers. So I'll I'll give you that. Maybe I just maybe I just, you know, I hated ice climbers as a kid. So
0: um, well, I I don't think you're supposed to do it without getting hit. And I think that's how Mega Man works. That's why they give you like all that life. You get like 26 right. pellets, right? So they're expecting you to make mistakes. So it's not like a, you know, like a bullet hell shmup or something, right? Where it's like, "Oh, get hit once and you die." This is like, "Oh, get hit like 23 times and you die so they're kind of putting that in there as a way to make sure that the player is also learning and also able to get up the ladder and try to find some way to get up there because it is possible even if you don't have metal blade i mean i've done it it's not fun but it is an obstacle that you have to traverse in the stage yeah but it's a
3: video game shouldn't it be fun like i don't understand why you wouldn't include something that's fun well
0: (laughs) what's your definition of fun then
3: um, I don't know, the, I don't just having, an, like, increasingly painful experience of just getting it beaten into you does not seem fun to me.
0: Why not? Well, you're, I you're, mean, you're, you're because not I have wondering. a
3: soul, Zach!
4: If you, can't, if you can't learn, it's not fun. But, you know, Zach pointed out there's, there's a lot of ways to negotiate that sequence. The, the, the Metal Gears, uh, the Blades, or whatever, they are one of them. So it's not like it, it's impossible... I think when I was playing the game for the first time when I was six or seven, yeah, I couldn't learn. And that's why it's sort of ingrained in me that I
1: hate that part of that level. But uh, which which level is it again? Crash Man
0: or Clash Man. Depending. Yeah,
1: I am currently <laughs> on that ladder right now. And uh, is, it, is it hurting? Um, it's a anno- it's a little annoying, but I'm getting through it. Like, it's not that bad. Like, You're I'm, so I'm getting... good.
2: <laughs> You're no, saying no, no, Pat is? Was, he's just, just like, calling Pat a wimp.
1: That's... No, no 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 you don't understand <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what you're <laughs> implying
1: <laughs> all right so there's there's right before you get up to clash man and there's that like final ladder where you have to go up and there's the birds that are dropping on you like yeah. that that part is pretty honking infuriating like i'm not gonna lie like it's it's bad but it's not nearly as bad as earlier in the level where i'm trying to get up across the thing and it keeps putting me back just one two ladder falls like I don't know, the ladder falling thing and not being able to quite figure it out and having to get hit, that is really annoying.
0: (laughs) I think it's intentionally so, though. (laughs) It's trying to teach you to be patient when it comes to these jumps, right? Because if you get hit, you go down a screen. If you get hit, you go down a screen, right? It teaches you. It just bashes it into your head. And so by the time you get to the Wily stage, right, with the ladders and the going up and falling through platforms, you're okay with that because you know how to traverse this particular section.
4: What's so weird to me, though, is that those those Wily stages, and I know what you're thinking and you're referring to, somehow, as hard as those levels are, they never bothered me as much as Crash Man. I just, I, I can't explain it. It could be that whenever, by the time you get to Wily, you do have everything. You have the weapons, you have the items, the three mm-hmm. items, and you may or may not have all that stuff when you do Crash Man stage. Um, I always choose not to follow the the weapon cycle of making the bosses easier, I just like to play them at random and see what happens, so...
0: Yeah, actually, there's not a defined weapon cycle in Mega Man 2, which I always found interesting, right? So, some of the bosses have multiple weaknesses. This yeah. is unlike any other Mega Man game I can think of off the top of my head. Like, Metal Man is weak against his own weapon, which is weird.
4: <laughs> yeah, <that> is <laughs> well, really you can weird. only you can only make, take advantage of that during the final Wily yeah. thing where you take...
0: Yeah, and um, you can kill Quick Man with the crash missiles and with flesh.
4: Yeah, slowing him down.
0: Yep. Yeah, so they both work. Like, you have to use two weapons to kill him, which is bizarre. But, you know, it's all about experimentation, and that's what I like about Mega Man. Mm.
4: Mega Man X had that, too. The Boomer Kuwanger's boomerang can, like, cut off the appendages of three different bosses.
0: Yeah, cool details like that. Sorry, I know team. you
4: want to focus on two. I, I love X a lot
0: as well. <laughs> we'll get to X another time. But can I... I
4: say something else about Mega Man Two? If you want, thank you. Um, I think one of the best things about Mega Man Two um, is it. We a lot of people talk about things like um, things being cheap and the concept of NES hard. And there are wow. games that have that in spades that I hate. Games like Fester's Quest or Silver Surfer. <laughs> um, and you know what? For the most part, Mega Man doesn't have that problem. It is a it is a plenty hard game. It is not easy, but um, very rarely is it cheap. It gives you an adequate supply of what you need. Enough health per life enough lives to make progress through a level um, I, I just think it, it, it shows a really incredible balance um, so early in the lifespan of console gaming uh, I, I do think the folks at Capcom had a really good sense of what it was they were creating when they created that game
0: Hmm. Okay, Um. just a general question to all of you. What would you define as cheap, quote-unquote, air quotes? So, uh, Alex, could you go first on this subject? Or... No,
2: I don't think anything can be cheap, uh, because if you're in the context of a game, the game has rules, uh, you are incentivized by the rules, and you should take actions so that you maximize your payoff, which is... I'm saying so that you finish the level or the task or the challenge. And uh, I, I, so I'm not sure what you mean by cheapness.
0: Sure. I'll
4: give but, you a couple or, examples. Or,
2: or what's exactly. I mean, what, would, I, what, what does that mean? Okay. Here's, within here's the context something. of a game.
0: Oh, hey, here's, <laughs> I need some other people in this conversation. I know you guys like talking to each other, but um, <laughs> I would like to get our definitions out before we start.
1: Um, yeah, I'll go. Okay, um, for me, Josh, for me yeah. cheap is where it the given with the the balance of the game design the the play is um, the 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 progression of flow is so incredibly hampered by um, not only diff I mean difficulty is one thing but where the, there's not a clear area for you to learn on how to progress where the penalty happens. Um, without an explanation on why you're being penalized.
0: Hmm. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Um, my definition of
3: cheap really is uh, just when you're put in a position where there's nothing you can do to save yourself from a situation. And, and I think of uh, that fight with Silver in Sonic 06 when he <laughs> oh, would yeah. throw you up in the air, he threw you straight into the air and then you'd come down and he would just catch you in another attack, and you couldn't move while you were in the air. So it was just you getting pummeled over and over and over again, and it's just awful game design.
0: Oh, it is awful. It is really Mm -hmm. horribly awful. (laughs) I have played that segment. Yeah, and um, Pat, back to your point, since uh, you were (laughs) the one who started this.
4: Sure. Um, So cheap is where learning the rules doesn't help because the rules are either not consistently applied... Or one of the rules is complete randomness, which which can be construed as chaos. Um, a game like Ninja Gaiden, the the repop of enemies when you move left or right, you can call that a rule of the game, but it was accidental and it was poorly applied, and the idea that you can move one pixel to the left and suddenly they, this enemy will spawn infinitely as as sort of a glitch um i refuse to believe that was the intention of the game designers
2: that does uh, happen in mega man though doesn't but that but it oh is yeah, obeying it it's obeying a rule whether it was intentional or not
4: okay and uh how about a game that that introduces randomness so Let's say a game that has forced scrolling, and sometimes when you play it, uh, there is no choice but to die. The level boots up, you're going through, and then enemies just swarm the screen, and there's no hope. I'm thinking of certain uh, scrolling shooters like right. Abadox. There's <laughs> usually they come with patterns, but some games it, it inserted, well, let's let's you know have random generation of enemies and situations could just be created outside of your scope of control where the result is you die a hundred percent of the time that is cheap hard um, and that's nice that that there's some programming behind it that you might call rules uh, but there's nothing fun about that that's just cheap and and But
2: the rule in that case would be there's a random draw in terms of what you know and what patterns of enemies in the stage uh, and it's just a rule you can't a- adapt to. It's it's almost like, you know. Yes,
4: you can't adapt to it. Right. I would call that
2: cheap. Or is that well, I mean,
3: isn't a- cheap in general as a word? Doesn't it just mean worthless? I think that if something's in the game that does not add to the experience, it's cheap. It's not. It shouldn't Thank be you. there. Thank hmm.
2: you. That's right. But but like if if you like we're playing um, what's the, uh, rock paper scissors, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know I always so. You're saying like, well, I will play the game. You know, I do, will not find the game cheap if my opponent always throws out rock, or my opponent throws out always follows the same pattern. I I throw out rock. Well,
4: hold on a second. I throw out scissors. This is why rock paper scissors, when put into a video game, is effing retarded. Think well, that may be,
2: that may be true, but like if I adopt a it random strategy, if I t- if I randomize among the three options against you, um. Yeah, we're still all within. That's just I'm. I'm adopting a strategy, or the game is adopting a strategy, and we're all following the rules that are, you know, consistent. Um, it's just you have to face the prospect of something random, and you won't succeed every time, but eventually, you'll pull it off.
4: Yeah, that's true, but th- this is, that's not a single-player gaming experience versus the the social hmm. experience of playing Rock, Paper, Scissors. Let, let's face it. Rock, Paper, Scissors, as as a game for people to do, serves two functions. One is settling a dispute because it's random and because it basically comes to chance. And two, it can be fun to do in succession with a friend because then you start trying to guess what the other person's going to do. With, with an old piece of hardware, that's not fun that is worthless
0: hmm. well i know many bullet hell shooters do this all the time but there is a way to get out of it it's just that a good you a
4: good bullet it. hell yeah. shooter always allows a way out it usually involves a lot of memorization and really really good skills
0: although but, parts of it cannot be perceived at all right you have to just memorize the fact that this enemy is going to come here and this enemy is going to come there. Right. Even though the positions are the same, the spread of the bullets is random depending on where you are on the serene. Right. Cause it, it shoots,
4: it, right. It has a detection point of whether or not it's going to shoot. So it depends on where you are.
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: So there's that. That's very, that's very complex, but you, you, you can learn a bullet hell game too. And, and with the exception of a couple bad games from the early and mid nineties, most bullet hell games are designed such that nothing is it comes to a point where it's unwinnable there's always someone who can do like a no death run
0: but Man 2 is not cheap i guessing we're all in agreement about this right
4: for the for the most part the most i can part. i can think of a few you know cheap pit deaths and even then it's not too big of a deal since you have multiple lives before there's a game over and you can then find a way to navigate to avoid that pit death in the future so there's there's things about it that I don't necessarily like, but I, I wouldn't really call the game design cheap.
1: I can yes and amen that. Yeah, I, I
0: completely agree. And does Alex agree, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, you know, probably. I, I just... <laughs> I, I, you know, you I, don't course, believe there's a cheap
3: thing to begin with, so of course you agree.
2: <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know whether anything's... like say, So we're basically saying now... That something that occurs by random chance in a in the context of a game is cheap hmm. you no. know what i can't no. is that we're what we're saying? saying no 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 um, we
4: can't agree no no, that, no, no, no. Actually. If, no 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 if it occurs by random chance and the penalty for not getting your way is severe like you lose a bunch of progress on things that you did navigate well and you did learn the rules and then after spending three minutes, you lose all that progress because of some cheap random thing. Do you see where I'm coming here?
2: So it's with severe enough penalties. Yes. Sufficiently severe penalties.
4: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. R- random isn't so bad when the the loss uh, doesn't it doesn't negate
0: the the ground that I've gained.
2: But in some ways, the game will never be the same. Uh, You know, that's to the random element. Oh, like a roguelike is, you know, kind of like. Well, I love I love love roguelikes.
4: Yeah. And here's the thing, though, In, in any roguelike, all all that's going. okay. that's not true. Not in any roguelike. There are roguelikes where you can walk into an unwinnable situation. Oh,
0: um, let me explain what a roguelike is first. A ro- sure. Well, there was a game called Rogue, and it's basically what they call a dungeon crawler, which is, you know, you're going around and you have limited resources, and you go deeper and deeper into a dungeon. But whenever you die, you start over at the beginning. No second chances, none of that stuff. So basically, you do the game over and over again. So each time that you die, you learn something new about the game. But you start all the way from the beginning. So yeah. Okay.
4: And, and and certainly in roguelikes there are unwinnable situations from the start. You start the thing and you're gonna walk onto floor twelve. And especially if it's turn based, tile based, I'm thinking like the entire Mystery Dungeon franchise, that's Sheeran the Wander, as well as uh Chuckabo's Mysterious Dungeon, uh Torneco's Last Hope, um there were Pokemon Mysterious Dungeon that was also from Chunsoft. All those Chunsoft games, those have those situations where you'll just walk onto a floor and there's no hope. There's no, it's it's a checkmate already. Um, a game like Biden of Isaac that has, um, you know, that's fully live action frame by frame. Um, any given room you walk into, it might be really hard because you might not have a lot of great items on you but if you're really really good uh, you can uh, prevail it's just the odds are stacked against you
0: Uh, so what I'm guessing here is that you think that the cheapness is inherent in the roguelike experience but in Mega Man that is not a part of the experience so when it does devolve into controverting its own rules and things that it taught the player then it is in fact cheap in the traditional sense,
4: if if it's happening in a way that when you look at a game like Mega Man, you you can tell that the developers had a sense of what they wanted to accomplish, and at any point in in doing a very fine uh, analysis of the game, you find that it doesn't add to what was the intended experience, which is uh, learning and adapting um, then yeah to that to that extent I might call something cheap but again I think mega man a game like Mega Man 2 and specifically Mega Man 2 doesn't really have that problem. A lot of other platformers do a lot of NES games do um, whereas with a roguelike it was just part of the design of that genre from the start and you're it, you you tailor your expectations to, I'm going to get to the end of this thing, somewhere between 1% and 5% of all runs. The real experience, the real joy of that is learning what mechanics exist uh, outside of any order, you know? Because you can get anything at any time and uh, crazy things happen. And and the rules are very complex. And I really like that.
0: Hmm. All right. Well... (laughs) We should probably talk about Mega Man some more. I think.
1: <laughs> all right, I got an important question. What is what is the theology of Mega Man?
0: Uh, I <laughs> don't think there is one in terms of the story because the story is kind well, of go shoot giant robots. You're all set. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I mean, like, I, I'm I'm just asking because I I, I kind of be kind of to be a jerk, I guess. Um. <laughs> but no, Doctor, I, under- I understand. Doctor
2: Light is Doctor Light is God. That's the theology.
3: <laughs> and God is telling you to rip or off Dr. other people's Light. arms and use them against other people.
2: <laughs> that makes sense. He's a barbaric God. <laughs> it's very OT. Very OT.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, for me, anyway, I think the diff- I think that the if we're going to talk about this in a theological sense.
1: Maybe we should because it's the Theology theology Gaming Podcast.
0: Yes, we probably should. Well, I
1: I think... (laughs) I'm not sure if it's possible. I just figured I'd throw it in there just to make this (laughs) a little bit more something I can engage with.
3: (laughs) Or much harder to edit.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Well, what I think
0: in terms of um, games and rules-based systems and that kind of thing, the reason why I chose Mega Man 2 is because Mega Man 2 is a very old game and a very um game like game in contrast to let's say journey which recovered last week right yeah journey by the way yeah i know sorry joe i know joe would gush all over it if we gave him the chance but i gotta stop you (laughs)
2: patiently how how long how long is your scarf joe
0: (laughs) it must be miles miles (laughs) some scarf there's innuendo there Uh, Well, I think in terms of theological explication... uh, That'll
2: be edited out.
0: Yeah, bear with me. Um, (laughs) me I'm I'm thinking of just uh, rules-based games. Everybody kind of knows that I like games where you have to overcome difficulties, and if you don't overcome said difficulties, the game...
1: Punishes the crap out of you.
0: Well, it penalizes you in some respect. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what way, right? A game should, in some sense, have mechanics and rules and then force you to learn those rules and so you can progress and i feel that so that's life yeah like life exactly and i think that principle kind of works out in terms of this is our cultural designation now is that everyone should be allowed to get to the end because they should there's no real reason behind this right uh the person isn't learning anything they're having an experience sure but what they're not getting is uh, a sense of satisfaction, or a sense of fulfillment, or really striving to do something within a game that really, you know, it makes the engages you into the experience. Like I've said with Bioshock too many times, and it, recently I was playing uh, the Shinobi PS2, and that game puts such constraints on you, right, that you have to improvise and figure out the mechanics and succeed so well at them that when you do it. It is utterly satisfying, and I have not felt engaged in a game like that in a long time and Mega Man oh. Two does much the same thing for me it 's my personal experience is conforming to the game 's rules, and in doing that, I find that the problems of the game suddenly dissipate i 'm sounding a lot like Wittgenstein right here, but when Who's that? Wic- Ludwig Wittgenstein he was a <laughs> German philosopher, but he wrote something to the effect that um, The problems of life disappear when you fit yourself into life's mold. That is, you figure out exactly the way you are supposed to live. And for me, that seems to be how Christianity works. Even though there are trials and sufferings and all these other things that we must encounter, right? In the end, they're all part of this process of learning something, trying to master it, failing getting back up and then doing it again. And I feel like if my video games don't reflect real life in that sense, then I feel like the experience is just utterly worthless to me and it doesn't make any sense. Mm. So there's my ranting perspective.
1: If if I can bridge off of that a little bit, the only thing that I would hardcore disagree with that is that sometimes uh, life in, in Christ and in our spiritual formation is cheap um in that in that same way that we discussed of like things don't exactly work or fit or there isn't a clear way to figure out how things progress a lot of the time
0: hmm well uh, well that's not in my purview but please expand on that if you
1: could sure sure um yeah what uh, do you mean like i i think i think of cert- certain things like you know friends who uh, 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 one of, one of my best friends has has been suffering with illness for for many many years, um and and as as Zach has designated me on, and said that I'm a, a self-professed charismaniac. I, I tried to clarify and say that I'm I, I try not to be a charismatic <laughs> maniac. But uh, a
2: charismaniac.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Unless you want me
0: to change that. Um, well, Wait, uh,
4: what's what does that mean to be a charismaniac?
1: oh just charismatic, that's and where do
0: i sign up i want
1: yeah, that just just over the top charismatic <laughs> and like finding, finding a demon under every every uh pillowcase and and uh wait that describes you no no it doesn't that's what i'm saying like okay, okay. oh so, like... Do you
2: charge for an exorcism <laughs> uh, oh boy no
1: like but i mean in when i say char- charismatic uh, i mean like i i'm emphatic on on spiritual gifts and and uh, the charismata, the the healing, um, okay, uh, speaking in tongues, stuff like that. Like speaking in tongues for me is a part, big big part of my spiritual formation, but it's a contentious Christian issue for some people. Um, and uh, the most most the reason why I bring that up is specifically the subject of healing. Um, so for many years I've been he- uh, praying for one of my best friends to be healed of a disease that's just completely destroyed her. And, uh, and, and her husband and, and just like made her incapable of doing anything like, and she has a very, very clear calling, uh, gifting, um, being a blessing to the world and stuff like that. But, um, she's been sick for like the past 10 years, uh, plus, and com- pretty much taking her out of her entire adult life. Um, so in that sense, I would say that that kind of defines cheap, um, to some degree, um, and not necessarily explicable, um, understandable. Um, and while I have seen other people that I've prayed for get healed, um, like immediately or, or progressively or, or however, um, I I mean, even, even, uh, I've even seen other people in our family who we've prayed for and they get healed immediately. And, um, then you pray for someone for so many years and God doesn't give clarity, um, it's like the, this big black hole of, uh, of, of prayer and it's a tension. It's, it's a subject of faith that kind of matures you and defines you. And, and obviously if you're going through it yourself, but even if you're, you know, just praying for this sort of thing. So in in my sense, in, in a sense, yes, um, her relationship with Jesus and, and our relationship with Jesus works, um, however, um, the the greater questions of why isn't she healed or why is this uh, why isn't she able to go to move into her callings or, or be able to do anything um, those those are areas that I would define um, as as you guys had, had shared multiple definitions of cheap um, and and not exactly uh, uh, working out in a fair fair sense um, so is God cheap uh, I'm not saying that God's cheap. I'm just saying like, it's, it's one of those things that I, I don't understand. And it, and, and the, the walk of, of faith, um, isn't necessarily, uh, proving prevailing and, and working and, and that sort of thing.
0: Hmm. Perhaps life is more like a roguelike than we realize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, and I'm, oh, I'm going to go
4: ahead and say that, you know, um, the i the idea that God would follow a set of rules turns God into, uh, uh, turns God into a genie and the Bible into a book of spells, which it is not, and He is not. Just saying.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but is God bound in any way? So could He revoke uh, a covenant that's been made, or say the promise of salvation, uh, you know, on a whim? Could He? Could he do that? I mean, you're saying yes, because I don't know. The answer is yes.
3: I I truly believe the answer is yes. It's just it's not his nature. He wouldn't do it. So it's not a
2: problem. But if it well, his nature, I mean, that's a set of rules. I mean, to say something has a nature is to say they're obeying a set of rules or perhaps not strict rules, perhaps tendencies. Uh, I wouldn't even go that far, but. To say someone has a nature is to say they're obeying a rule set. Uh, no, but he has choice, as
3: we all do, and there are certain things that you and I would never do because we simply choose not to.
0: That, well, does a simple nature imply that we have no free will? Okay, now getting way too far off. <laughs>
3: Mega Man and free will, everyone.
0: <laughs> hmm, I am not sure, but I would have to say that... This is a difficult question because uh, the idea of nature seems to be ambiguously defined here. So what do we mean by something that has a nature, right? Do we mean the way that it acts or the rule set by which it acts? Because if that's true, then a sinful nature necessarily implies that we will act in certain ways in certain situations or are more prone to something. So to say that God has a nature implies that he will always do things in a particular way. Like when people say God is love, right, the automatic implication is that oh, love is like you know Jesus gives you a big hug or whatever, right but um <laughs> it's not big old hugging Jesus yeah, it's not necessarily big old hugging Jesus, it's like <laughs> Jesus gets to act the way he wants to act, so God gets to act in the way that God wants to act, and maybe that's why I'm into divine command theory, but that's an issue for another
1: time <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, so we'll have to get into it to another time, but um. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I don't even know where we're going at this point in the conversation.
0: <laughs> we are allowed to go wherever we
1: want.
3: This happens a lot.
1: <laughs> so, oh, all right, all right, all right. So, um, is that... Do we get to put a cap on the, the Mega Man 2 subject?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We're still talking about Mega Man 2. Okay, okay. We,
2: we are in the context. We are discussing these things in the context...
0: Of Mega Man 2. Of Mega Man
2: 2. Okay, okay. That's so, our pretext.
0: Yeah, so it's giving us a grounding point here for... The discussion of rules does the world operate on rules i think that's kind of the question right because yeah. i stated earlier that i do think the world is based on definite rules that god established at the beginning yeah. of time right but yeah. um i'm sure there are disagreements with this right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i mean for the, for me this is a kind of a yes and no kind of thing like there are obviously defined rules gravity um the the you know, if our heart is beating, then we're alive. You know the the, fun- the functions of nature therein, and and like Alex rightly pointed out, the subject of God's covenants, which he has bound himself to stick to. Um, but there are other areas that are obviously gray areas, things where nature is not predefined, and that there is, uh, as as we've been calling it, the rogue like factor. Um, or from our
0: perspective, it's the rogue like factor.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: To make that a little clearer.
1: Yeah. Um, but, uh, to, to kind of hopefully tie in Alex's point of God, um, defining being set to covenant and, and also in my agreement with, with Pat about God, not being a genie. Um, God definitely has, you know, covenants and, and, and guidelines and things along those lines, but bring, bringing that back to, um, struggles in our faith and things that we don't understand. Like, you know, there's many parts in, in, the, the Gospels and and the the Acts of the Apostles where it says, and, and in the book of James where it says, if you pray for healing, um, a person, you know, and in, in, in Jesus' name, you know, a person will be healed and stuff like that. Um, specifically in the tail end of James, James 5 says, uh, bring a person before the elders and prayer of a righteous man avails much. Stuff like that. Um, while it does say that, um, there is not a, a, an overt, clear promise that when a person is prayed for that they are healed or every time that a christian would pray for a sick person uh they would be healed and there's many diverging different theories on on why that is or why that isn't the lack of faith and the many uh, other various things um but uh the biggest i guess that is one of those for me that's a defining roguelike random characteristic which it at times does feel, you know, when it's when we pray in, in Jesus name and someone is healed, it's like, yay. And then when they don't, it's like, man, I don't like roguelikes. If this could be more like Mega Man 2.
0: <laughs> any
1: thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, if, if if they were always healed, I mean, there would really be no room for any kind of faith. And it would almost be like, you know, I, I put in the coin to God and then out comes the candy bar without fail and then I waltz through life with no struggle and um, you know my spiritual condition basically remains the same because I'm getting everything I want
1: there's there's a difference between praying praying for someone else to be healed and getting what you want
2: I mean isn't that what you want though
1: yeah he's right at what point did you not want them to be healed
2: yeah hmm I mean, difficult. you want it. Yeah. Well, you everybody might even wants wants it pray more for than for. the other person.
4: Sometimes I only kind of want what I what I pray for. Like if I pray for self control in terms of like buying stuff on Steam, <laughs> I'm not sure I really want that. So, I know I'm supposed yeah. <laughs> to want that.
0: Or maybe <laughs> maybe it's just the divisive will. Uh, you will. You're saying in your mind that you want something, but you don't actually want it. Because you know, like you're you're putting yourself in a a state where you're going, okay. I want to be a better person, and then you go and do exactly what you were going to do anyway. Well, the answer in that case is
2: no. no, You really don't want to be a better person.
0: No, you You wouldn't. Well, hold on. You like the
2: idea of being a better person, but you don't want to be a better person because it requires a lot to change yourself. To change yourself and to be a better person. So you may not really want. You like the idea of being Being a better better person. person. but you don't really want to be that person because then you'd have to do X or Y. Well, you or... Might,
0: no, you might,
4: you might still really want it, but not have the willpower to get there.
0: Well, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak.
4: Yeah, man, or James' one double-mindedness. That's, yeah.
2: that's
1: two verses from James, y'all. <laughs> High five.
2: A very enigmatic book.
1: <laughs> Isn't it, though? I don't even know what enigmatic means.
2: Five chapters weird stuff weird analogies and of course the big controversy uh salvation by works rather than faith trotted out in the middle
1: yeah luther (laughs) didn't like that book much
2: completely so
0: (laughs) (laughs) hmm well so basically our we're not going to come to a conclusion whether or not is there a rules-based system, or is it a rules-based system you can't perceive? So, what is the thought on that, particularly?
4: Does I like the I, I like the idea of it's a rules-based system that I can't perceive, that being the game of life. But uh, I also don't like to necessarily compare life to game. I think it's it can be a useful analogy, but I don't want to go I don't want to go full on with it, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. But isn't a game a microcosm? of the world.
4: Yeah, so it's the other way around, right? Game reflects on life, but life doesn't reflect on game.
2: Mm.
4: Right. One's a mirror and one's reality. And the mirror is darkened and funny and polished, and that's what microcosms are all about.
0: Or maybe it is that the game reflects the idea that the developers have in terms of expressing, let's say, what uh, how does life work, right? So you play any game you get today, right? And somebody designs this world in a particular way. And they either constrain the player or give them the freedom to do whatever they want, right? So let's say in Dishonored, you have the ability to do good and to do bad. But the choices of what considered what is considered good and what is considered bad are very different than, let's say, a Christian perspective, right? It's either it's a neutral action or it's an evil action. And there's not much room for... What a Christian, for example, would call good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean like when you're when your uh two options are to either kill the lady of uh the manor or to uh give her away to a potential predator. Um those are not two good choices. No, they're really not. <laughs> one one way she might not be dying at least. <laughs> yeah, but let's say
0: like in Mega yeah, Man and the right?
3: other she wishes she had. So, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in Mega Man, right? There's only one end goal, which is to defeat the evil forces of Wily, right? Yeah. You're on a predetermined course to that path. So, the developer's yeah. perspective is uh you're the paragon of righteousness and you're doing all the good things to right. beat the evil. And perhaps I have a particular inclination to those kind of narratives. Yeah. Just by virtue of being a Christian person, you know, because yeah. Tolkien always says things to the effect that the things that we create kind of reflect our worldview. So they're like he calls them subcreations. So when we subcreate, that subcreation is going to reflect our worldview. And in terms of the Christian worldview, right, that's what it should reflect. And I think that's why I'm drawn more to video games making me good and everything else bad. So I can. You know, defeat the evil forces. Perhaps that's just me, though.
1: Yeah. So you like to play games that are self-righteous?
0: Not necessarily
1: self-righteous. <laughs> know, I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm
0: getting...
1: <laughs>
4: that was nice. Good work, Josh.
1: <laughs> Boom. Well, well, you know, self-righteous defines that you're playing as what has you have already been defined as righteous. Well, we could um, go with
4: protagonist righteous, not necessarily yeah. self-righteous.
1: That's that's because
4: <laughs> I'm not Mega Man, even if I'm controlling him.
0: Yeah, because he's a character in the world in the yep. game world and you're just you <laughs> playing yep. Mega Man. Um
4: yeah, unless there are a few games that that try to break that fourth wall and let you be protagonist and uh some have failed miserably and some have failed spectacularly. Uh I don't know that any have really succeeded.
1: <laughs> have you have you, pl- have you played uh Perspective? No. What is this? Perspective is a game that, that was made by a bunch of students at DigiPen. Oh, the, I remember this. The Game Design College in in uh, Vancouver, I believe. Actually, I think it's in uh I forget. It's it's in the west coast, um, northwest coast. And uh, the the game's design is that you see a uh, – it starts out, and it looks like an old-school 1982-era um arcade game, or you actually look a lot like Mega Man, only you have a TV screen for a head, um, your character does, and as you progress and make it to this the glowing whirling goal, suddenly um, the third dimension is opened up to you, and as soon as you get to that goal one more time, it backs up and suddenly you're you realize that you're a person playing this game in an arcade, and you're also controlling the character, so if you click once, suddenly you can move the, the character off of the arcade game into the arcade game room walls, and you're controlling him on fr- on a uh, 2D plane, but when you click, you can move in the first-person perspective. So ultimately, it's, it's a, a game about you playing as a person in an arcade who's controlling a character who's going in and out of games, uh, progressively opening up an even larger arcade and might actually all be taking place inside of... Another arcade game.
4: Yeah, and that's interesting, but in some sense, that's that's not too much more than like a, a Mary Shelley Frankenstein frame novel kind of deal.
2: Oh, You're very have to well, that very
4: well done. That
0: very well done. Wow, swish, man, swish. I, wow.
4: <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I'm just. You have I'm astounded us butt. with
0: your literary metaphor. Yeah,
4: but no, <laughs> that's, she was I mean, only that's the 19 equivalent when of a frame novel. Ordered you're you're st- you're stepping out a level or two but it's it's still all within the realm of that game. It might remind me of times that I've walked into an arcade and played arcade games, but it's yeah, for, to, for it to be me, I have to be able to exert all the choices I would want unless the developer either came up with a uh an engine that allows me to to very quickly and freely flex my will or predicted everything that I would ever want to do and program that in specifically, then we have a problem.
3: So Minecraft?
4: Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, Can you sleep with people in Minecraft?
3: You can sleep next to people in Minecraft.
4: Yeah, see, if someone was like, I would do that other block shaped person. That's not happening. And I know that's a very that's a very crass example. Yeah, that's pretty but bold. Pl- <laughs> but there are plenty of things that you can't do in Minecraft. So I don't you can you build uh like airships? Can you fly?
2: I don't um, think so.
3: I'm not sure. I mean I have seen someone build a working scientific calculator. So I'm that's pretty impressive. sure yeah, I'm a, pretty sure everything is possible. In a can,
0: fountain of cats. Yeah, well,
3: <laughs> Yeah, but like I'm not I'm even
2: kidding. A, a
3: working, we're talking. It had graphing
0: functions. Like it worked. <laughs> Minecraft.
4: <laughs> That's
0: kind yeah. of impressive. Okay, you know yeah. Minecraft's interesting, but I think that Minecraft isn't so much a game as it is a tool for people to express themselves creatively. How is Minecraft not a game? It's, it's not like the quintessential game. game. That is not a game. There's
4: no. I, I don't under- Yeah, I'm with. I'm with. Zach. Um, what? There. I mean, what's the point is, like, shouting from the walls the whole time. I mean, it's fun.
3: It's, it's, well, I mean, but it's two different aspects, though. Because, I mean, you have the part where it's just pure creativity. You can do whatever you want. But there is also, like, a leveling up system. There's a crafting system. There's an end boss. Like, how can you say it's not a game? There is an end boss in Minecraft? Yeah. What is it? It's the Ender Dragon. There is you, have one? To, you, have, you have to go throughout the world collecting certain things that'll lead you to other places in the world that you couldn't get to normally, and you collect these materials to build a portal, and then you go into this like this uh, place called the End, and there is an actual like giant dragon that you have to slay. Whoa!
4: Well, when did now they I kind of I kind of want to try that. I didn't know about that aspect. It's just everyone just writes about the the a basically building. the giant complex Lego system, and. Uh, that's about it. And it's like, I I love that, but it's not not classic uh, definition of game, I guess. If more people talked about that, then I would have realized that and been willing to invest time and money into it. But I just knew that I am too tempted to get sucked into a world where I feel like I can get more done in that virtual world than I can in my own real world, Um, which is also the problem of many MMOs, but
0: you know right. what? I think that this whole Dragon thing kind of points to a different problem, right? Is that people who cover games in the, you know, the media, right, are not looking at games as these rules-based systems at all, with objectives or anything. They're I wouldn't focused... say
4: anyone, but there's, yeah. I would say the majority.
0: But they're focused on the experience of the game rather than the rules of the game and how interesting they are. And perhaps that's most exemplified by the PlayStation 4 press conference, <laughs> Which was a bunch of cinematic trailers yeah. with absolutely zero display of what are the rules of said games and how are they interesting and how will this new machine make them more effective? So
3: you mean games. exactly what happened with um, the PlayStation
0: 3? Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like I the part in the conference where they said, you want to play games we're gonna get show you know it's we're gonna make sure it's all about the games <laughs> and then it wasn't and then it wasn't
0: at all. there were no games to show they were all like tech demos you know or in or cinematics that they you know basically all these games were in like pre production almost that was the sense I got anyway
1: yeah i mean they did show they did show a couple of, of games from like the first person perspective like uh i can't remember the name of the one that they showed where there's a person i think it was the um forgetting the name of it where there's a person walking in also sudden the building blows up a kill zone i think it was like a kill zone prequel or something um but, but it, it wasn't actually like showing the mechanics of of the the combat system or anything along those lines but it was at least you know like you felt like there was a person controlling it but besides that there wasn't much um
0: yeah it, the, the problem i think is that none of those games show any advance probably over mega man 2 other than in terms of difficulty, complexity, and all that kind of thing,
1: right? Well, I think for me, I mean, like, I, I can I can understand that, but um, for me, who you know, I, I'm not entirely sold that I, I I I'm not thinking that I'm still going to play Mega Man 2, honestly. After you know, we talk about it. Why? Um, it's excellent. It's so good. Yeah. Hey, I I understand that. Um, but uh, I'd rather play like more XCOM, or I'd rather play Miyazato, or any game that's current and does something that. I don't know i've not seen a game do before um or at least something that i'm interested in more interested in mechanically that's a lot less just shoot robots i don't I know i think
4: i think what josh is trying to say is that he'd rather go out for tapas and try a lot of different things in small portions than yeah. sit down and have the meal which mega man 2 is the meal
1: and and yeah and, and at, the, at the the playstation 4 <laughs> press conference there was there was a lot of things where they were giving like they were setting up and showing like a serving of different things where you could try a lot of tapas. But the problem was for me, the fact that I didn't feel like any of them couldn't be done on the PlayStation 3.
0: Because like, they'd show it's just additional graphical fidelity. It's not advancing how these yeah, games
1: work. Like, like uh, when I saw the, the, the VHS video that showed me what Mario 64 was going to look like. I was like my mind was blown. I was like I want to get an N64. It was all that I talked about for the entire 8th grade even <laughs> though I didn't have one. <laughs> and and that's and 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 that's not what we're going to, what we have with the Wii U and it doesn't look like it's going to be what we have with any of the next console generations. It's just yay, there's a social button.
4: <laughs> yeah. That I mean, the larger question though, I mean, it's it's easy to to lament where games have gone and and what's going on right now but i mean what does progress look like in terms yeah. of like like how much more is there to flesh out in this medium i mean the same could be said of film right yeah what makes film good what are the objective qualities that we can say oh this is this is good and this is this is progress how much moving forward can we do from this point, I, I have no idea what the answer to that would be.
0: Hmm. Well, <laughs> let us leave that rhetorical question, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will consider that the end of our discussion for tonight, gentlemen. <laughs>
3: okay. Uh, I have the link to that uh, Minecraft calculator in the chat box. If
1: you guys want to check it out.
0: Oh, and we'll put that in the um, the post when this goes up. So, Anybody who is listening to this, it will be there.
1: <laughs> also, the, the game that I mentioned, Perspective, it's a free game. Uh, you can just get it at seewithperspective.com. It's uh, definitely worth playing.
0: All right. And Minecraft costs money, <laughs> as far as I know. Yes, it does. Okay.
1: And I still think it's worth it. <laughs>
0: All right. So, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm going to go <laughs> an overview of these people. Uh, I'm Joshua Collar. You can find him at lovesubverts.com or at game Church where he writes frequently. <laughs> Much more frequently than at Theology Gaming, but I will forgive you. <laughs> uh, Pat, you can find him at a number of places. His older writings can be found at RPGfan.com. Uh, you can also see him write at Original Sound Version, which is a blog covering nerdy music, which also includes uh, video games, uh, Japanese music, that kind of thing. Anything else you want to add to that, Pat?
4: Oh, there's also GameSource.com. Yes. and
0: and I'm your trying. podcast
4: and the jurassic hour podcast uh i'm also trying to write more on the theology gaming blog and i have one article up on game church and i think i have one up on the escapist that i'm very proud of that i like to talk about a lot it's about my son
1: oh yeah yeah. good article
0: we'll put that we'll put a link to that
4: i like
1: that
0: and joe where are you found
1: um usually
3: at home or (laughs) in the car that's about it. Facebook, perhaps.
0: Facebook um, or uh, on here. Yeah, or on this. Uh, you can find me now, right here. <laughs> Joe is playing my copy of Near, or maybe not. I don't know.
3: No, I'm uh, I'm playing it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I right. believe what
1: you meant to say is you're loving it.
3: Yeah, that's what you mean to say. It, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I,
1: I I have I have it sitting right in front of me, and I haven't touched it in the past three weeks.
3: I try not to look at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh,
0: Alex, um, I'm not gonna tell anything about him other than the fact that he likes political science, <laughs> and that's all you're gonna get. I'm at. a
2: political scientist, a professional a political, <laughs> political scientist. scientist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is desired all around the world for his advanced papers, which I will not cite the name of because I don't know, and none of us could read them anyway. No. <laughs> so, well,
4: amen. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you all for joining me. This has been a interesting discussion, I have to say. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time. So, sayonara. Bye.